Hello and welcome to this audio edition of the Ex-Mormon Files with host Earl Erskine. Thank you for joining us. On each episode of this program, Earl, a former LDS bishop, interviews a former Mormon guest about their journey out of Mormonism and into an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. These stories are encouraging, fascinating, and often moving. For more information on the Ex-Mormon Files internet video program, please visit exmormonfiles.com. That's exmormonfiles.com. And now, here's Earl. Good evening and welcome to the Ex-Mormon Files here in the heart of Salt Lake City. I'm your host, Bishop Earl, and I appreciate you spending some of your evening with us. Really pleased tonight to introduce Amber Bostwick. Amber has an interesting story. She was actually part of a fundamentalist polygamous group. So, Amber, nice to have you coming and sharing your story with us. Thanks for having me. It'll be a little bit different than maybe some of our traditional stories, but very interesting and some great insights. So, so just start out, I guess, tell us a little bit about where you were born. and. Well, I was born in Sandy, Utah, but my life kind of started with a little bit of a Romeo and Juliet type story. Uh, my dad was from the LeBaron polygamy group, oh. and my mom, um, well, when she married him, she was part of that, but I've also got some Allred in my, my lineage, and um, as well as they were a part of the Warren Jeffs group for wow. a while. So I was able to contrast and compare these two groups and see how they were alike and how they were different, and of course they all think they're right. They all think they're the So I was able church, to, to say, hey, something's not completely <laughs> right here from an early age, and it often got me in trouble. <laughs> Did it? <laughs> and so you uh, could see, I guess they, they all believe in the Book of Mormon. Yes, and Joseph they, they do, but the earlier translations of the, the earliest Book of Mormon. Really? Yeah. They don't use the one that not the, the ones that mainstream have been church been, has produced. Yeah, because they've oh, been changed over history. Oh, that's true. So how far do you, as far as prophets are concerned, do you go through Brigham Young, John Taylor? I think it Wilfred depends on, on the group. Oh. I mean, they have different lineages for priesthood and for, really? for different things. They've got, you know, their own different prophets and, and things. So it depends on the group, um, yeah. but I kind of had it all around. Well, interesting that the Mormon church, the mainstream Mormon church, considers themselves the only true church. And, uh, and as you say, all these different polygamist or fundamentalist groups... They believe the same thing. ...believe the same thing, <laughs> so and they, they all can't be right. They all can't be right. <laughs> so was your childhood uh, stressful? Did you... Well, my childhood was actually rather good until I turned four, and then everything just kind of fell apart. Oh. What? But um, my b birth mother, she decided to divorce my dad because he wanted us to live polygamy. And she didn't and she want didn't to. Want to. No. Had she been in it a long time? Or? Um, well, she grew up in it. I mean, oh, wow. she, this is generational, clear back to Joseph Smith himself. How old was she when she got married? Um, she was 14 or 15. She was really, really young. Really? And my dad was in his 30s. Oh, boy. So I think that, you know, that there kind of set itself up for, for some issues as well. Have you ever thought now as, and I've thought this, uh, and I know some of my family has thought this, about having young girls start becoming 13, 14, and 15, and how leaders would start looking at them differently as potential wives. Was, did yeah. you feel that too as you were getting older? I, I think it's completely wrong because I look back and I look at her life and how it's been devastated, and yeah. I kind of see that as, as a key point that maybe if um, 
maybe if she were older when she got married yeah. that it you know things would have gone better in her life I mean obviously I was born sure so um, but part of me does regret it at the same not me being born but you yeah, know her sure. getting married so young because I wanted her to have a good life too yeah. Now, are you baptized at age eight? In the um, I was not baptized at age eight. I was baptized later on by my grandpa who oh. adopted me. Uh -huh. And then um, when I became a Christian later on, I was rebaptized baptized. again because you're not baptized into a church. You're baptized because Jesus was baptized. Right, yeah. yeah we're going to get to that part of the yeah. story for sure. Um, so did you go to school then and how, how you went I to, went to did uh, have a seminary kind I went, of a program? And I went to a public school because, uh, let me backtrack just a little bit, um, my birth mother ended up having a mental breakdown oh. due to everything. This was after she had um, my only full sister that I have. I have a bunch of half siblings through my dad. But um, you think that was through abuse or what? No, I think it was probably is? postpartum depression oh. more than likely, but then it just escalated with... Um, just the different it's events that happened. So my grandparents ended up getting custody of me, oh. um, which was probably a good thing. I mean, it, because she obviously couldn't take care of me, you yeah. know, with the mental state that was, she was in. They were polygamists as well. Um, my dad went to later to live that, okay. but she didn't want to, so she left and they got divorced and my grandparents adopted me. Okay. But um, then I, because of the court battle and everything, um, I went to a public school, so in a way that was a blessing for me because yeah. so many uh, girls in the polygamy, they only, you know, receive an education up to eighth grade. Um, and probably homeschooled a lot, right? And or the boys, you know, they go off to work after eighth grade. It's, it's kind of sad. So. so they just don't have a real, what we call a normal not every, life, Not every right? of them. Some of them are really intelligent and go beyond that, but, you yeah. know, all you have to do is look at Warren Jeff's group and... <laughs> And those girls, yeah, and wish that they were somewhere else. So, so what happens to you after uh, school then, or is there anything happened before that? Um, but then I did attend a prime an LDS primary school, yeah, or an LDS, yeah, the primary Sunday school, Sunday primary school yeah. for a little bit with some friends, some mainstream LDS friends, um, yeah. and I got a CTR ring, and I remember. <laughs> climbing a tree and it falling off and I felt so bad but I guess God had other plans. <laughs> you said you read the Book of Mormon too? When I was a times? teenager I read the Book of Mormon. Like I've always had a heart for God. I've always had a heart for truth. So I've always wanted to know what the truth is no matter what it it was. So mm -hmm. I honestly honestly prayed as a teenager, you know, is the Book of Mormon true? The the prayer that's at the beginning of it. Right. And um every it was an honest prayer to God. I was praying to God you know, whoever God was, I was praying to the true God, right. even though I didn't, you know, still didn't quite know who he was myself. As a young person, sure. And uh, so I prayed about the Book of Mormon, like it says to at the beginning of it. And each and every time I prayed about it, I'd get sick to my stomach, like literally sick to my stomach, not wow. just a filling. So, uh, and I wanted to make sure that, you know, that I wasn't just like imagining it or whatever. So I, I prayed two or three times and each and every time that happened. Wow. Just so didn't, didn't just didn't I just true. knew that something wasn't right about it, but yeah. I didn't know what. So that was probably um, my f the first big place where you feel I like started God to question it. Yeah, God was answering your prayer. Do you think then? Uh, I didn't know, but I know that prior to that too. I because in fundamentalism you got to live polygamy um, in order to please yeah, God. That's true. So I honestly prayed. I was like, God, I really don't want to live polygamy, but if you want me to, I will. And luckily, that he had other plans. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, I know I've heard others say that they felt guilty that they even had questions or they knew, I mean, how do you, was God, did God love you in polygamy or during this, when you were growing up, did you feel like God loved you? Well, as far as I know, my grandparents weren't practicing polygamy when I grew up. Mm. And um, my grandma did say she was Christian, but because my grandpa was Mormon, I didn't really see her as being Christian, I guess, even mm. though she did tell me a little bit about Jesus. So, um, but did you have a sense that God loved you and that... To, that to me, God was kind of like Thor. Like the second I would do anything <laughs> bad, like he... The Viking Thor. The, the, the lightning bolt God, you know. I was, was afraid that if I did something wrong, you know, that his lightning bolt essentially coming down from heaven, you yeah. know. Did you feel that about your baptism too when you um, get baptized in the group? I, w I left, I made sure that when my grandpa baptized me that he left a church name off of it. So oh. I w I've always been kind of careful to, to hedge my bets to err on the side of caution. Um, <laughs> Interesting. Now in mainstream Mormonism, they don't actually mention the church. It's just in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Is that the way they do it in, in the well, groups? Well, my, my adopted grandpa had the priesthood. I think it was the oh. highest level of the priesthood, the Melchizedek okay. priesthood. So he baptized So he baptized me. We um, rented like uh, uh, a Christian church baptismal font to baptize, to baptize us. Interesting. So what happens next in life? You just... Uh, um, I actually started going to, uh, I'd gone to a couple of Christian churches through growing up, but I always looked at it from a Mormon standpoint. And even though I now had greater questions about Mormonism, I still went to a Pentecostal church. Oh. But um, I hadn't differentiated the works part. So in my mind, while I was going to the Pentecostal church, I was still doing a lot of works, a lot of volunteer work. I d didn't have any reason to believe that I wasn't saved or I wasn't a Christian because Mormons call themselves Christian. Yeah. So maybe when they were and I know they told me about Jesus, um, and they probably told me about forgiveness, but either because I was looking at friendships or whatever reason, huh? I didn't apply it to me needing it, yeah. if that makes any sense. Sure. So, so you felt like there were still things you had to do well, you to know, please God. I, I figured like whenever they give altar calls, I'd go up because I was just reconfirming the, the commitment that I thought I already had. I didn't realize that I was a sinner. I didn't realize that I desperately needed Christ. I thought I already had it. Yeah. Because, you know, that's what you're categorized growing up as a <laughs> Christian. Yeah. And the Christianity is completely different if you compare the Bible compared to the Book of Mormon. Did you ever have a sense of, I really need to come back to the polygamy group or to the mainstream Mormon church? No, because I've seen how it kind of destroyed my family and heard the stories of Again, how... Again, you could compare the different Yeah, I heard the stories too. of how, you know, my uncles didn't have very much food growing up. And, you know, I, I think that my grandparents tried to make that better. We We got a lot you know, we we had plenty to eat growing up where yeah. there... But some don't, huh? Where, you know, with yeah. them, they didn't, so... Wow. Was there a lot of uh, structure, I guess, and expectations in the groups and stuff as far as... It depends on different... on each, which one. Each group was different. Yeah. Okay. So, you did mention at one point that you started studying Mormon doctrine against the uh -huh. Bible. What... Well, I had about? become a Christian at that point, so I should probably back up and say oh, how okay. I, I became a yeah, Christian. Um, after after kind of 
going through the Pentecostal church and going to college and whatnot. Um, my college was just too far away from the Pentecostal church to really keep going there. It just wasn't practical. So you started going somewhere else. And um, I still wasn't fulfilling that inner need that, that we all, you know, lack when we don't know Christ. So there was a time pe period where there were about five people that I knew that died all in about five months' time. Okay. And one of which, well, friends? four were acquaintances. Yeah. Um, one of which um, was my my adopted grandpa, mm. and it was just I was going to school full time and and working full time to pay for my school, um, so I kind of hit rock I hit a rock bottom point where I f the Book of Mormon wasn't true, maybe the Bible wasn't true either, and. Yeah, that's a hazard, isn't it? If yeah. you can't believe one, then maybe the other isn't true either. So I was questioning everything except God. I believed that, you know, there had to be a God because you know, all you got to do is look up at the stars and something's sure. yeah. greater has got to make the stars, right? Right. So I believed in God, but I kind of fell away from everything else. And for a very brief time, I kind of got into the partying lifestyle with the college crowd and everything. And for the first time in my life, I knew that I was a sinner. And I'd never known that before. But did, did, were you told that? Did you just feel it? I just or felt it. You know, well, guilt, I mean, you were guilty over your. You know, most Mormon teenagers don't party. It's against the word of wisdom. Right, right. So, um, if you look at it from a mainstream secular view, it's probably very, very not. You know, doesn't yeah. even really reach the target of being bad. But from a Mormon standpoint, it was like ultimate sin. Right. Um, and I knew that at that very moment just internally that I would be going to hell and maybe I was still looking at it from that Thor type vision Punishing of God. Punishing you for, for sinning. So yeah, to so I had a friend tell me, um, to, I mean I was totally devastated and in tears and I had a friend uh, say, well let's go talk to this other friend who happens to be a Christian. It's our favorite train. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> And so anyway, I told her the story and everything, and she's like, well, don't you know that you can be forgiven? And I had never heard it that never way. Never heard that before. Huh? I, I either had missed it some point in any of the churches that I'd gone to, or I just didn't think it applied to me. And I accepted Christ right there on the spot. I accepted Jesus. and Just her sharing that yep. concept of Jesus forgiving you. You'd never heard that before. Or at least it hadn't stuck. Or yeah. because I didn't think I was a sinner, maybe it just didn't apply or or, yeah, or Don't you something. think we just feel like, well, we're not perfect, but we aren't really sinners. We're not bad people. We just, uh, but you felt that and you felt... Well, even good people won't go to heaven without Jesus. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So you just accepted Jesus right there? I accepted Jesus on the spot and I prayed and asked him into my heart and that was 11 years ago. How did that feel? Amazing. <laughs> Yeah, try to explain that or put that. It's I mean, just you you have a peace that you've never had before. I, I always questioned whether I was going to go to heaven, whether I was, my works were good enough, whether I was perfect enough to go to heaven. And it's no longer a question. It's just a knowing in your heart. It's like the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you, and you no longer question it. You know without a doubt that you're going to go to heaven. And never once <laughs> was I ever assured of that when I was believing in the Mormon God. It's so interesting, I, and I feel the same way you do. It's been four years for us, or for me, and, and I just never had that concept before. I didn't really figure I was all that bad. I figured I was a pretty good person, but just didn't understand at all. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of like a light switch goes on, right? Yeah. Why is it that we don't understand that as, as Mormons or as 
polygamous or whatever. Uh, what is it we're missing there? I think we have to be fully surrendered, for one. Yeah. And I think we have to acknowledge that we're a sinner. I mean, in Romans it says that all people have sinned. Yeah. Every single sure. one of us are sinners. Yeah. So by trying to be perfect, you're actually kind of defeating yourself because you need to acknowledge that you're mm -hmm. a sinner in order to need a savior. And don't you think the focus is so much on us um, as individuals rather than God? Yeah. I mean, it's your performance. You're being in, uh, uh, married for time and all eternity or your um, works or your yeah. what you're doing. That's the focus really r rather than on God. And all Jesus. glory belongs to God. So when you do that, it kind of becomes an idol. Yeah. But well, very interesting. You've had some, some interesting experiences. So what, uh, what's, what's next in your life then? After you've accepted Christ, did you just keep well, going to church? Well, I and still didn't know if the Bible was true. So I kept believing didn't in God. You not have any trust in that. But the Is Holy that true of polygamists? I'm sorry to interrupt, but polygamists, do they, do they love the Bible? I like? can't speak for others on that one. I know that growing up in my house, I was told that... Um, the Bible is a book of moral stories, essentially. It really doesn't apply to, well, like, the Doctrine I th and Covenants. I think a lot of them say, you know, just like the mainstream church, as far as it's translated correctly. Yeah, so you didn't have a real trust in that. So did you finally gain one? Well, the Holy Spirit is how I finally knew, because the Holy Spirit was then ministering to my heart and yeah. speaking words to my heart. And one day, when I did finally pick up a Bible, I read verbatim, the verses that the Holy Spirit were sp speaking to my heart and it's only then that I knew the Bible was true and I mean <laughs> as a personal testimony but there's there's lots of other things archaeology you can go back to the Hebrew and yeah. Greek um, there's there's a lot of other ways to know that the Bible is true but I mean if you're gonna pray about the Book of Mormon you should at least pray about the Bible oh that's such a good point point. So. and and don't you just love what the Bible shares and teaches us and John 1 1 and 14 are my favorite verses and they a friend answer. showed me that it tells us who Jesus is yeah. um, I mean, you can even write that one out like a math problem that's mm. how I love to write that verse yeah and that he became flesh and dwelt yep. among us and it shows us that Jesus is God yeah but then when I found that verse and it was so different to what I had grown up thinking Jesus to be I then spent the next two years comparing the Book of Mormon with the Bible and the whole differences. And um, you'd be surprised when you actually go through and you say, okay, well, who is Jesus? Who is God? Who is the Holy Spirit? And do it in two different columns, you know, according to Christianity, according to Mormonism. It's quite... And you can do that with pretty much every single topic. And I don't think most Mormons, and we'll just everybody in that category of Mormonism, I don't think they do that. They don't, they really don't trust the Bible, so they don't really spend that much time in it. Do you mm. agree with that? Or? I think that they're trusting in man, but flesh yeah. will always fail you. Yeah. So. And spent, and they're always encouraged to read the Book of Mormon. Seldom, if ever, encouraged to read the Bible, like you were saying. They don't pray about the Bible ever. Yeah. Not that we need to. I but, would be uh, open to everything because um, if it's true, it's going to stand up to the test. If the light shines on it and it holds true, it holds true. Yeah. So what? So you? What did you think the first time you went into a church with a cross on it? Um, <laughs> well, because my grandma had always had us going to church, even from when we were little. I mean, we we so were mainly taught at home, but yeah. we'd go occasionally to like nativity services or whatnot. So mm. that's I did know about that and Jesus being the shepherd when I was little from her. Yeah. So, but 
for me, I was still looking at everything from a Mormon mindset. So sure. until I attended Calvary Chapel after I became a Christian, which Calvary Chapel is a Bible-believing church. Sure. I always go to a church that's <laughs> line by line, verse by verse, the Bible, and doesn't add things to it. Right. But it wasn't until I went to, it wasn't until I became a Christian that it really <laughs> became open. Yeah. And I don't know exactly the word to say that I looked at it differently. Yeah. Now you mentioned or kind of touched on the the concept of grace and works, mm -hmm. but can you explain now what grace means to you? What grace is completely undeserved <laughs> gift Free from gift. God. Yeah. And it, it's paid, and His work is paid in full on yeah. the cross. So we can't do anything to pay for something that Christ's already paid. And if we refuse Him, then essentially the our punishment is death because that's what that's the curse we're already dying without him anyway yeah. from you Sinners know adam and, and eve Curry, in yeah. the bible so when he came to save us he really came to save us because without him we're already dying essentially you know we're we're all going to die at some point so you're either going to die without christ or with him so what do you think they most misunderstand about christians mormons mm. Do you think this concept? I of would grace say who, Je who Jesus, Jesus is, is, because I think that's one of the huge questions: yeah. is his deity? Because that was one of my questions growing up. I couldn't fathom a, a Mormon God who would send his son to die on the cross instead of doing it himself. I mean, what parent would sacrifice their child before they'd sacrifice themselves first? Wow. And. Um, that was one thing I never understood about Mormonism, and it always bothered me. And when I found out that Jesus is God, then it just clicked. It made such sense. And it, it made sense that, yeah. you know, Jesus, Jesus is God. He did die on the cross for us. Do you sense a, a different worship now and a different spirit in churches when you're in a Christian church and you're worshiping and it's praising Jesus? And Do you, do well, you sense a difference there? Compare, as compared to the yeah, other churches yeah, that I'd gone to. Mormonism. To. Oh, to Mormonism? Sure. Well, I'd only gone to um, an LDS church a few times. Okay. Everything else was home. But I think that it's kind of like a spirit of deception versus freedom, if that makes any yeah, sense. One sure sets does. you free, and the other one puts you in chains, and you may not know that you're in chains, you know. Yeah, I think that's, a, that's an important point. We don't realize what how bound we are, how locked in we are with our thought process when we are Mormons. I didn't. I, I was just, uh, I didn't trust the Bible. <laughs> I didn't have any respect for the cross. I didn't, uh, oh, it's just, it just so different. Yeah. yeah. So what would you say to the, your family and friends? And I would say <laughs> to pray and see if the Bible is true, if you're going to pray, to see if the Book of Mormon's true, yeah. then weigh it equally with the Bible. Encourage people to read the yeah. Bible, and would you encourage them, uh, say Mormons, mainstream Mormons, to try a Christian church? Would that? Uh, well, I only <laughs> because it's the one I've been to. I would encourage them to attend a Calvary Chapel because they tend to be line by line, verse by verse, yeah, Bible centered, and, and, and see the difference. But I'd also not even a church. I'd encourage them to just read the Bible and to pray because I'm not special and you're not special. God will speak to them individually, just like yeah. there's. He's spoken to us. He just wants people who are fully surrendered to Him, who yeah. truly want to know Him. It says, if you seek me, you will find me. Well, I just think it's fascinating that we spend all this time, certainly in Mormonism, to, uh, to do works, our temple work and baptisms for the dead. 
and um, and we just celebrated Easter not too long ago and you know just that whole concept of Jesus uh, suffering in the garden of Gethsemane and the purpose of temples was to shed the blood of animals you know and Mormons have kind of changed that around and yeah yeah any other thoughts that you have? You were um, talking earlier about marriage yes, and how important that, that was. Yes, that one was the only thing that was kind of my stumbling, and it wasn't really a stumbling block, but it was the last thing, I guess it would be the only thing that I kind of regretted, and regret's not even the right word. Um, it's the you one thing. Marriage for time and all eternity. Yeah, kind of I always wanted to be married, so I was upset. Um, it was probably the only thing I was upset about leaving Mormonism was because I, I always wanted to be married oh. but when you understand that there's no more tears in heaven <laughs> and you understand that you know God wants you to be married it may may or may not you know the Bible doesn't talk about it being eternally it says we'll be like angels in heaven in fact Jesus said that there's no marriage in heaven where people aren't given in marriage or are, are married in heaven so. but if you understand once you've come to know God and you know how good he is and the good things he does bless you with on this earth and yeah. you read in revelations about the description of heaven how there's no more tears yeah. and you have the assurance in your heart you know that it's gonna be good yeah. and that it's not gonna be bad well, it's a joyful message, and I'm glad you've been able to make a transition from your past and into into a life with Christ. It's it's a great message, isn't it? It's the good news, yes, it really. Is. How does your family feel about things? Have they been um, able to share with them at all? Well, a few of them have become Christian or were Christian, and I just didn't know about it um, since then. Some of them haven't and are still still Mormon. Yeah. But um, they know that I love them and that I'm praying for them and that <laughs> God loves them too. So he's patient, but they do need to turn to him. Yeah, and it, it's such a simple message and yet it's so powerful. And, it, and like I said, it's kind of like the switch going on and off, or at least on for me, because I just didn't appreciate any of this before. And yeah. to now feel a closeness to, to Christ and, and you said I think kind of along the lines of him covering all your sins and paying yeah. for the sins and you just didn't understand that before did you? No I didn't. <laughs> you were guilty of well, sin? Well because I was trying to be perfect you know and yeah. it, trying to be perfect all that does is give you stress and gray hair. <laughs> <laughs> well and, and like you say you now have a confidence that you're going to be in heaven. Yeah. That you're accepted that you're adopted as a son or daughter of, of yeah. God so well, Amber, our time's up, and I sure appreciate you sharing your story, and thank you for being willing, and I, I hope your family will watch and that they'll feel your sincerity and love. So appreciate you watching, and we'll see you next week. Good night. This has been the audio edition of The Ex-Mormon Files. The Ex-Mormon Files is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City. For information about this program, including past and current video episodes, please visit exmormonfiles.com. From there, you can also download audio episodes of this program. If you have an Ex-Mormon story you would like to share, we'd love to hear from you. Please write us at contact at exmormonfiles.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon. Thank you.